So mm-hmm. you've been to a wine tasting, right? Yeah. Okay, so what's the proper way? Okay, so you're supposed to take the wine glass mm-hmm. and you're going to stick your nose where the rim touches your your lip a little bit. You're going to breathe it in. Smells like s- wine. Smells like wine. You're going <laughs> to smell that ass. Um, you're going to smell that ass. That ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, the acidity of it. Okay. That, that means it's going to be... It's going to be dry. Okay. Okay. So then you're supposed to technically swirl it in the glass. Swirling. Yeah. And you're going to take a sip enough to just kind of like get the liquid in your mouth. So don't take a gulp. Okay. Just take like a sip and you're going to keep that liquid and roll it around in your mouth. Kind of like you're almost chewing it. Okay. Chew okay. the wine. Yeah. Okay, I swallowed too quickly because this wine reminds me of a potato chip. Mm-hmm. I picked this one out thinking we were going to have pizza, which is a very, very salty. It would have gone so well with pizza. Yeah. But oh. we ended up not having pizza. It tastes salty. It tastes like a potato chip. Mm-hmm. That's that. It, okay. So I got a red blend from the brand um, Layered Cake. If anybody's interested in knowing, mm-hmm. um, it's their twenty-seven or twenty seventeen vintage, so it, it's most recent vintage, or kind of recent. Um, it's a really good red blend. It has that that bitterness to it, but then if you actually rolled it around in your tongue and let it get kind of like warm on your tongue, you'd actually start to taste some of the sweeter tones to it. Yeah. Um, I just good. was so shocked that I tasted potato chip. I was like, swallow, swallow this. We need to talk. <laughs> and again, all you've been eating is potato chips. Oh, dill pickle chips. Those are those are sent from the heavens, those are. Yeah. We cordially request that you be our dinner guests as you join us for another episode of Wine and Dine. Okay, clink us. I feel like my clink was louder than the actual clink of those glasses. But. I know, it's okay. Well, hey guys. Hi. Welcome back to another episode of Wine and Dine. I'm Megan. I'm Ashley. And today we're bringing you a very St. Patty's Day themed episode where yeah. we're going to discuss all of our top Irish authors to be on the lookout for, top Irish books to be on the lookout for. Mm. We're getting all up in Ireland here today. <laughs> but first, Ashley. Mm. Do you have a wine? Or is it my turn? It's been I a long time since I... I think it's technically been your turn. Um, I mean, life update. We can always do life update real quick. Life update. We have new jobs. Yay. Yay. I'm excited for my new job. Well, it's my old job. I went back to the juvie. So mm. for those of you guys that followed us over from the subject tonight, you know I used to work at the juvenile. And I went back because I missed it. And it's it's been pretty good so far. The 12-hour shifts are kind of getting to me. Oh no! Just because I'm not used to him again, but I'm mm. I'm getting more used to him. I'm getting there. I I love being back with the kids. Day mm. shifts actually not that bad. Oh, Dotson! It's because the trash people are coming through. <gasps> oh, Dotty, yeah. what doing? She doesn't like them. She doesn't like them. No, she doesn't like any of the trash pickup people. Well, we need to get you some better trash pickup people. It's because they make noise. Oh, well. She doesn't like noise. She's old. She doesn't like noise. She doesn't want kids on her lawn. You know, that the old people thing. Get off my lawn. <laughs> um, My work, unfortunately, is very hush-hush, and I can't really talk about it. Oh, yeah. Because of where you work. Because of where I work. Um, But I have dubbed it amongst my family as Willy Wonka's Chocolate Shop. I work at Willy Wonka's Chocolate (laughs) Shop. Okay, there you go. Well, no. Okay, so in the beginning of the movie, there's a scene where the guy in the nut... The the right there when he's... um, Charlie's, like, looking through the bars at the Wonka shop. And there's this old guy behind him that, like, says, like, a little poem or something. And he's like, nobody ever goes in. And nobody nobody ever comes, comes out. That's how my job feels like some days because you can see all the cars going in, but you never see people. <laughs> and then you have all these cars coming out. That'll work. <laughs> That'll work. You work at Willy Wonka's Chocolate Shop. Okay. Yeah. I and like if you it. ever see images of it, it kind of looks like that. A little bit. Yeah. You got the gates and everything. Mm-hmm. So. 
I like it. But how are you liking it? I mean, you can I talk like about how you like much. it. I like it very much. It's it's definitely um, more of what I've always kind of wanted out of a job, especially Good. when in college. Because really what I wanted to do in college was I wanted to use my degrees. And I said degrees, folks. I have multiple ones. Multiple. I have multiples. Um, to be able to be in a company that goes around the world. Mm-hmm. And I can use my knowledge of their history and their culture to build bridges between my company and their company mm-hmm. in, in more than just math. Yeah. So this company grants me those opportunities. Which is good. You deserve good. that. Yeah. That doesn't mean I'm not reading a lot. I am. I do most of my reading now on the weekends, which I love. But that's like the relaxing weekend. I have a friend of mine mm-hmm. that we mostly talk on text because I don't get a chance to see him a lot. And he he was, you know, asking me, what are you doing? And I'm talking about the book I'm reading. And it's so nice to have someone else other than you get really interested in what book I'm reading. Like, oh, what book are you reading? Like, I'm, I've been looking for something to, to look up. What book are you reading? And I started talking about it. And he's like, oh, well, that reminds me of another book. If you like that, you might like this. Mm-hmm. Like, <sighs> you find bookish people in the weirdest ways weirdest places yeah. i'm telling you what right now I've, like one of my co-workers that i'm going through my training on, on training with mm-hmm. um i sat with him for the first three sat next to him for the first three days and he reads historical fiction he's like that's all i read is historical fiction and i love it and i'm like you have to tell me some historical fiction novels then yeah. because i like historical fiction I have a hard time but I have finding a hard time good finding fiction. good ones. Yeah, yeah. So he was like, "Yeah, sure, no, I'll give you a list and you know, everything like that." And I'm just like, "This is amazing." Thank you. No. So I yeah, update corner for us is that we both have new jobs. Wine of the day. Woo. Is daylight savings time has got to go. <laughs> I'm over it, y'all. I don't feel like I've had it so bad like I okay you know how normally when we have daylight savings time you feel like that weird like hangover effect uh-huh I didn't get it this year so I normally don't get it uh-huh. because it happens on a Saturday into a Sunday I still have Sunday to recover I you mm-hmm. know and it's it's okay I mean I did nap a lot yes uh, on Sunday yeah uh I worked this weekend mm-hmm. and remember my shifts are 6 a.m to 6 p.m mm-hmm. so not only did I have to wake up at what should have been 4 a.m instead of 5 a.m mm-hmm. but then I had to do an entire 12-hour shift on top of it ouch I am still facing the hangover mm-hmm. and I just I know why they do it mm-hmm but can we please just get rid of it anyway? It's only helping like one percent of the population. Mm-hmm. Can we just screw that one percent of the population? I mean, that one percent of the population does do a lot of work. They do, and I will never underappreciate our farmers like ever. Like, thank you so much for what you're doing. <laughs> thank you for feeding me. Okay. Thank you for the potatoes that grew these delicious dill pickle chips. <laughs> But do you really have to have daylight savings time? I think you can figure it out on your own. Mm. I don't think that we need to change everything. Okay, so if they took away daylight savings time, you know Indiana would go on Central Standard Time. Is that so bad? I mean, we'd still be an hour behind the East Coast. Which we're not, we're not currently behind an hour behind the East Coast. Our um, northern Indiana peeps, though, are... I mean, but we didn't we just talk about that it would just be better to go on Central Standard Time or whatever? I mean, didn't as a state as a like whole, yes. Ago? Yes, no, I'm I'm agreeing with you. Uh, as a state as a whole, our state is technically time divided, which I don't understand that. Like, it's literally, once you get... I'm sorry, what was that? I, I said it's pretty dumb. It is kind of dumb. Once you get past West Lafayette, you're on Central Standard Time. Yeah. Because like, of how close they are to uh, Chicago. And Chicago is technically Central Standard Time. Yeah. But because it lays on literally a state line, almost on a state line, it lands on a state line. You know what? Screw it. I'm just saying. I'm just I saying. think Indiana should should, should, uh, should claim half of Chicago. Wait, you think that Indiana should claim half of Chicago? Yeah. You know, I'm I'm excusing the rest of my wine because I got to hear the rest of this. I just think, like, how close Chicago is to the state line, I think Indiana should get some of that. Uh-huh. 
You think that's just how that works? Now we can just take half of whatever city we want. No, but... I kind of like Tampa. <laughs> do, you, do you think I can go get Tampa, too? I feel like we're doing, like, what is it? Monop- not Monopoly, but um, there, ha- there used to be a board game where you could, like slice oh uh risk oh yeah where you take over all the different countries <laughs> yes yes that's kind of how i do. feel like this is indiana claims indiana claims tampa, tampa. just tampa and chicago I, I have my small battalion around it you can't have it back <laughs> Uh, I never actually played that game. I wanted you've, to play that never game. Risk? No, I wanted to play Risk all the times I used to go to church lock-ins. All the boys would gather up and they would play Risk all night long. But mm-hmm. here's the thing: back then, if you know, for all you youngers out there, you know, girls had cooties and boys had cooties. So you went to and, very different church lock-ins boy, than boy, I did. Boys and girls don't really like to intermingle. So I got told <laughs> that Risk was a boys game and only boys could play it, uh-huh. and that I needed to go somewhere else. So my church lock-ins were full of which girls and boys could sneak around together and make out when the yeah, no. chaperones weren't paying attention. There were like six of us. Not even that. Oh, no. Five. There were like 50, 60 of us See, at these church See, that's the difference. Lockings. I went to a really, really small church that yeah. only had like maybe a handful of teenagers. Wasn't it like a family-run church too? Yes. Yeah. No, I went to one on the east side and I still remember sneaking around the corner with, and I'll keep his name out of the out of the podcast i don't think he listens to it but still no anonymous yeah anonymous man number three of the night oh dang sister you ran in the rain yes i did shit (laughs) welcome to church that's what i'm doing (laughs) (laughs) but and it was never it was never anything like oh i know it was never anything like super sensual or anything it was it it was literally just you you kissed and then you ran that was it like (laughs) So it was just anything beyond that point is a risk. Well, that and like at the time we're like twelve and thirteen, and you know you're you're not thinking about it that much. (laughs) You're like kiss, tee hee hee, right away. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was I was the bad kid at church. I oh Camp Allendale. I could tell you some stories about Camp Allendale. That's for sure. I never went to camp. I went to Girl Scout camp, but that was it. Yeah, we don't need to get into that, though. That's a conversation to have when we're not on the podcast. Yeah. That's inappropriate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Girl> anyway. <laughs> Do you, did you not have all the fun at Girl Scout camp? You're it's making it nightmare. sound like you didn't have all the fun. Okay, so, side story. Um, The first year I went, I oh, we got stilt tents. Which, you know, we thought, oh, that's really cool. Good. Yay. Stilt tents. We don't have to tent out on the ground. Yeah. So we're driving there and she's like, okay, we're all going to have, you know, we're going to hang a left and that's where our tending or where that's where our place is going to be. We got what's known as Death Hill. It is almost a 90 degree uphill ramp that goes up onto a plateau and our cars had to go up it. Oh, Not no. only did our cars have to go up it, us girls had to go up and down it for three days. In the middle of July. No, thank you. Indiana July is not fun. Indiana July is very, very humid and hot. Now, just imagine if Indiana had Tampa. Oh, my God. Tampa Tampa July is terrible. I know. That's like 100 degrees, my 100% humidity. My dad could probably humidity. tell us stories. Dad, dad, <laughs> let, contact us in July. Let us know how you're doing. <laughs> But, like, it was miserable, and we had to flood the tents, which by flooding the tents means you roll up the side flaps and the back and front flaps to try to get air to go through it. Mm -hmm. But it's July in Indiana. There is no such thing as air. (laughs) The wind has abandoned us. Just mosquitoes. And they don't flap their wings nearly hard enough to no, produce No, it was just... So that was my first year, and it was just like, no. My troop leader was like, we're not going to do that again. No, not happening. I'm not doing that. So, the next year, we decided, okay, we're not pole tenting. That was, that was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, because they gave us the worst possible area to pole tent. So, she's like, okay, well, instead, we'll save money and we'll all pinch tents in um, the valley. Okay. So, normally, 
the valley isn't a problem because you know normally when you go in july it doesn't rain well this july was unseasonable it rained all the time and we're in a <laughs> valley in tents as so in like just flooding, basic like tents so it's like flooding and there's nothing we can do like it's cold we're miserable and all the food we brought i mean it wasn't really like campfire friendly food yeah <laughs> like sandwiches things like that cold things yeah well i had made on my last day there before we had to dis like pack everything up and go yeah we made friends with this other troop that had a troop dad which is one of the girls dads came with them on the on the trip yeah he made pot roast stew in a can oh my god listeners that was like heaven gave me a gift that day (laughs) like we were all like in like rain tarps and like ponchos rain boots just just sitting there in torrential downpour but what made it best was this man handed me a cup of steaming hot beef stew and it was like the best thing i had eaten for three days there you go and it made everything better well there you go that is her harrowing tale from girl scout camp how she almost never survived it i I don't know what's worse. Monsoon season in July or torrential heat in July. I don't know which one would have been wor- worse. Okay, if I'm not camping, mm. I'm going to go. Though. Yeah, I know. But if I wasn't camping, I would say that the heat would have been worse. Like, because you can get out of the rain. But if you're if it's raining and you're trying to camp, that just mm-hmm. ruins everything. And it makes everything sticky. I lived in my bathing suit that year. I would, too. Yeah. Okay, it is about time. I bet it's not hot or sticky or icky in Ireland right now. I bet it's glorious. I bet it is glorious. Actually, let's just find out. What's the temperature in Ireland right now? I don't know. Are you going to ask Siri? No, I don't have Siri. I'm an Android user and proud of it. Google. Got it. Uh, What's the temp in Ireland? Ireland's weather. Mm-hmm. Glorious. It's probably nighttime there. They're probably all sleeping. It's already 75 degrees. What? How's it 75 degrees? It says it's 75 degrees in March. I hate Ireland. Uh, the average temp is about 50. Let's see what it is. Okay, that's it. You know what? Instead of making my summer home in Florida, in in the Florida, I'm making my summer home over in Ireland. No, it's not. Okay, I found the actual. It's 50 degrees, so it's about right here. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's partly cloudy and windy, so it feels like it's 43. I'm still making my summer home in Ireland. Yeah, but really, though. (laughs) Like, their next 14-day weather forecast Uh is all beautiful. Is it all gorgeous and just, you hate them? 40s and 40s and 50s and it's just (laughs) but it's raining like the whole time okay maybe i don't hate them too much and sunny 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 50s i mean i I guess i shouldn't complain too much we're supposed to top out into the 80s at some point this week yeah so that's i work on those days i do too stuck indoors what a sad life we lead it's not sad it's productive Okay, do you want to start us off, or do you want me to start us off? Sure. So, I actually picked, um, I don't know if you got a lot of YA authors, but I tried to hone in more on YA authors. I have one honorable mention. I'm going to go ahead and get him out of the way. Did you know that Brim Stoker is Irish? I did not know that Brom Stoker was Irish. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, tell me more. Um, no, he's just Irish. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Um, a few other authors that i i haven't read anything by sarah crossan um but she is known for her breathe series b-r-e-a-t-h-e she is from ireland Mm -hmm. michael scott who is the author of the alchemist series and i have to say i really do like that series it's really really good um if you like mythology if you're big into that stuff yeah um, fans of Percy Jackson, a little bit of Harry Potter. Um, if you if you ever remember Charlie Bone books, I don't remember those. Yeah, they were the British knockoff of Harry Potter's. Oh well, there you go. 
Yeah, or the American knockoff of Harry Potter. Um, but the alchemist follows um, two twins um, that happen to work for the infamous Nicholas and Perry Flamel. Oh, okay. And it's their kind of journeys with the Flamels. Um, they have to fight, you know, a bad guy, of course, that wants to take over the world, and there's some plot to it. But it, the cool thing about what Michael Scott does is that he brings in a lot of different um, religious deities into his stories. Mm-hmm. So you have, like, Hecate and Sketalk and... Um, I remember what the cat's name is. I don't know. From Egyptian mythology. The name escaping me right now. Well, I can't help you. I'm bad at mythology. Um, there's another one that has Nor. There's a few Norse Norse mythologies in there. Um, there's some pu- there's some characters in there that actually aren't um, along the mythology line. They're more alchemist based. Um, okay. I'm trying to remember. There's a uh, an um, England knight that's in there, and he knows fire magic, and he was like friends to Shiro- um, not to um, Shakespeare. Ooh, yeah, I like that plot twist. Yeah, so there's there's that. Those are my um, and then my big author that I found that I was really excited for, Aaron Colfer. Does that name ring any bells to it you? It sounds really familiar, but I don't know where it would be from. The Artemis Fowl books. Really? Yes. He is from Ireland. Um, so if you are wanting to get into, you know, pick up to have something for this month that, you know, is Irishy month for St. Patty's Day. Um, I know books one and eight do actually t- take place in Ireland. Um, but if you just want to read all of the Artemis Fowl books, um, you can just claim that you're doing it because Ian Colfer is is Irish. Is Irish. Um, also, note, these books are being made into movies. So... Artem's Fowl is, finally? Yes. Wow, that's been years. No. I have to say, I... This was... These are the books that really got me going into reading. Like, yeah, Harry Potter was a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. But the Artemis Fowl series was, like, a needle in a haystack. So, like, that book... I got the first book when I was a tween and I tried to pick it up and try to read it and I kind of got into it but kind of didn't get into it. It wasn't until I was in high school I picked it back up yeah, and fell in love with it. I I went through the book series like crazy. I love it, love it, love it. It has everything that this crazy person wants in a fantasy novel. <laughs> Because here, my, okay, you know how every cool person has to have a guy in the chair? Yeah. This one has a phenomenal guy in the chair, and he's a centaur. Ooh. Named Fuller. Okay. And he's witty and sarcastic and just tongue-in-cheek in the best British slash Irish way known possible. Britain... Is Britain still in control of Ireland? I know Britain is technically still in control of Canada. Canada's its own province, but, like, they still consider the queen, like, their queen. I thought they um, succeeded. Ireland did? Yeah. I have my laptop up in front of me. I don't know. I'll grab it for you. Um, And then two other um, books that I found. um, The Last Little Blue Envelope by Maureen Johnson takes place. I've heard of that. Yep. And then this um, spell book of Lost and Found by Moira Fowler Doyle. Um, that is actually on my TBR list. Uh, I found it at half price. And it's kind of witchy. Um, these two girls have been have pretty much lost like everything in their life. They decide one night, hey, we're going to go out into this field and read from this book. And things start to happen. Hmm. But there takes place in Ireland. I like that. Mm-hmm. So those are all of the ones that I found. Um, my big ones, honestly, if I had to tell you anything off that list that you have to do. Um, any um, The Michael Scott. Yes. Do the Michael Scott. Um, do the Michael Scott. Do the Michael Scott. 
But if that's not your thing and you want more like a mystery, thriller, high suspense YA book that just happens to be written and takes place in Ireland, Artemis Fowl. Like, no joke. I don't think you can go wrong with those books. I'm really, really stoked. I've seen the trailer so far from what they've shown us. And it's it's pretty good. Like, it's pretty true to the book so far. Um, but all they've shown is book part, the beginning of book one. Okay. So, I don't know where they're going. It's in production from what I've found out so far. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd i have to say if I had to put it, my big hit ones would be Artemis Fowl, Michael Scott's The Alchemist Trilogy, I love Maureen Johnson. Um, Little Blue Envelopes is what we got on to her as an author. Um, this is a fo- the follow-up novel to that. Okay. Um, so yeah, that that I don't. I would assume it's okay. Yeah. I haven't. I personally haven't read it. I've never read the Breathe trilogy or the Breathe series by Sarah Crossan. I I mean everything I saw on Goodreads made it sound really good. It sounded more up your line because it had the paranormal element to Ooh, it. Yeah, you know I like me some paranormal. So I probably would say you would like that more. Okay. And then the Spellbook of Lost and Found just sounds like a really good spooky book. I like that. Yeah. Everyone needs a little good spooky book. And then there's Bram Stoker who's Ir- who has some some sort of ties to Ireland. Who knew? I didn't know that. I, I learned something that. new every day. Mm-hmm. See, this is why I'm happy that we did this because now I'm learning something new. Yay, new okay so some of the ones that i found were brooklyn um and it sounded really familiar to me just because of the fact that i um had seen it on an amazon prime recommended movie to watch uh mm-hmm. it came out in 2015 its author is calm toybin i mm-hmm. really hope i didn't say that wrong um and i know i'm gonna butcher the lead actress's name but it's uh i want to say it's cersei Ronan, I think that's how you say it. Wow, name. that's a popular or, name. Or, or Sersha, I think is how you say it. I really want to say it. But it, it's spelled S-A-O-I-R-S-E. So it looks like Cersei, but I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Sersha. I love her. Anyway, she's amazing. And it's also starring Domhnall Cleeson. He's super cute. Um, anyway, but it's just about an Irish immigrant that lands in 1950s Brooklyn and falls in love with a local. It's, it's cute. Um, so there's one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is called Skippy Dies. It's by <laughs> Paul Murray. And it's about a 14-year-old boy in Dublin's uh, Seabrook College who ends up dead on the floor of a local donut shop. Oh, my gosh. And it's one of those whodunits. Like, is it the drug dealer? Is mm. it his friend? Is it the overweight genius? Is it the smooth-talking headmaster of the school that he's attending? And so it's one of those, like, middle-grade whodunit type oh books. Um, so that one looks really funny. I might have to give that one a try, too. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one that I found is called The Wonder. It's by Emma Donahue. Okay. And it's set in the Irish Midlands in 1859, um, when a nurse is summoned to a tiny village to observe what some are claiming as a medical anomaly or miracle. Basically, it's said that this girl has survived without food for months. And so they send this local nurse there to, to look into it. So it sounds kind of like a psychological, paranormal God, you like the weird thriller. ones, don't you? I do like the weird ones. <laughs> Here I'm going safe with YA. No, I mean, some of them are YA. Like this one, I would call this one maybe New Age. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Conversations with Friends by Sally Rooney. Mm-hmm. It's about two college students on a strange with a strange, unexpected connection that they forged with a married couple. Okay. Uh, so it says Francis is a 21 year old cool headed and darkly observant a college student and expiring author she devotes herself to life of the mind and to the beautiful and endlessly self-proposed Bobby her best friend and comrade in arms mm-hmm. lovers at school the two young women mm-hmm. um, sorry I lost my place the two young women now perform spoken word poetry together in Dublin where a journalist named Melissa spots their potential so it sounds like one of those like coming of age yeah new age lovey romance type stories mm-hmm. um and like i said that one's by sally rooney mm-hmm. and then the last one i've heard of before but still have not had a chance to read it's been on my to read list for like 
I, a hot minute. Mm, seven, eight years now. Oh, back when I was working at 811. What'd you I, do? I just, I put it on my to read list and then never read it. <laughs> like, what, it, who, but what is it? It's called The Room by Eva, or Just Room by Emma Donahue. Mm -hmm. Um, it's about that five year old boy named Jack. Uh, it says, To five year old Jack, Room is the world. Told in the inventive, funny, and poignant voice of Jack, Room is a celebration of resilience and a powerful story of a mother and son whose love lets them survive the impossible. Um, to five-year-old Jack rooms his entire world. It's the room where he was born and grew up. It's where he lives with his ma as they learn to read and eat and sleep and play. At night, his ma shuts him safely in the wardrobe where he's meant to be asleep when old Nick visits. Room is home to Jack, but to ma, it's a prison where old Nick has held her captive for seven years. Okay. So, basically, she's been held prisoner in this place and she had a kid while he was there, and so she hides him away from old Nick, who's their captor. And so it's, but it's told through Jack's perspective. Hmm, okay. So Jack doesn't realize anything's going on, but the reader knows what's going on. Okay. It sounds really, really good. There's a movie about it, I'm pretty sure, that they made it into a movie. But, like, the reviews are almost, uh, it's only got a 4 out of 5 out of 600,000 ratings. Okay. Um... But it says, like, such a gripping and emotional read. I'm glad I finally took the chance to read this. Mm. <laughs> it sounds like that would be something you're either going to like or you're not going to like. Uh, someone that didn't like it said, Jesus Christ on a popsicle stick. I can't <laughs> believe I had to read this. <laughs> oh, my God. She had to read it? Uh, apparently. It might have been, like, a school thing. I don't know. Hmm. Okay. But, yeah, those are mine. Um, so, they, what are your... Come on. What are you, you're like, you have, yeah, you to, have read. to read this? Well, for me, I have to read The Room finally. It's been on my TBRs for way, way too long. Mm. And it still sounds like such a really good book. So that one I'm going to have to read. Mm -hmm. um, I want to watch Brooklyn just because I don't want to add another pile to my TBRs. Uh, another, I mean, another book to my pile of TBRs. Mm, the growing nonstop. Right. And Brooklyn, the movie, is only an hour and 57 minutes according to IMDb. So... I'm going to give that one a watch. And then Skippy Dies just sounds really good. It sounds like one of those funny, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. I mean, I'm not so much big in, into the new age that I would have to read conversations with friends. Like, if I happened to have it and it was just sitting around at my house already, I might pick it up. But it's not anything that I'm going to rush out and have to go buy. You know what I mean? Okay. No, I follow you completely. <sighs> now so I'm just dreaming about Ireland. <laughs> so here's a little fun fact. Uh, Ireland succeeded from the United Kingdom back in 1922. However, Wales, Northern Ireland, and Scotland decided to remain parts of the UK. The originally drafted document to succeed in 1919, but because of the Great War, the act um, was basically put on hold. Yeah. So, um, because of World War One, they decided, okay, we won't secede, and um, Irish and British uh, fought along each side each other during the Great War. Oh, wow. I didn't actually know that Ireland took place in it. Yep. I mean, that's so, kind of ignorant of me not to know that. You should, you should know that. Study yeah, up on your history, kids, but... It says many brave Irish men went to fight for the British for the British in the trenches, and those at home carried on with life and waited for the war to end. Well, there you go. So I'm. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of weird that they that they had to wait. I mean, Ireland and Scotland had a lot of issues with the United Kingdom. Well, yeah. So. For it to take that long for them to secede, that's kind of, I mean, I'm just kind of, Canada had rights and succeeded before them. Yeah, but they still consider the English monarch their monarch. I mean, they, they still consider, like, a sitting monarch, so, like, not an active leader. It's like, yeah, we'll acknowledge the queen as the queen. Yeah. But she has no dictation. She has no jurisdiction over she us. She has no jurisdiction over us. But that's the queen. But that's the queen. Okie dokie. 
It's kind of one of those gray things. So, if you could go anywhere in the entire world... Okay. Would you go there, or would you spend a year in Ireland? Anywhere in the entire world for a week versus a year in Ireland. Um... All expenses paid on both accounts. Okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry, I have the hiccups now. Um... I would want to stay a week in Dublin. Just a week in Dublin? That's in Ireland. I know. So why wouldn't you stay the whole year? Because there's only so much haggis a girl can eat. (laughs) I can eat a year's worth of haggis. You don't know me. I don't know. I just... I don't know if I'd want to do, like, the cold parts. Like, it gets cold up there. Yeah. There, There is snow. Worse than here. <laughs> That's because they're northern. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah, sure. Why not? I'll do a year. You do the whole year. I'll do the whole year. No, I don't think I could do it. I mean, I put it, I put it there just to see if you if you'd do it. I'd do it. But I mean, I would also rather. You like, said all expenses paid. All expenses are paid. It's it's not that I don't think I can afford it. It's just like. Leaving the United States for an entire year. You know what? I might find out that I I prefer Ireland more. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I don't know. I don't. You know, it's great. Yeah, no, I do. I do the I whole year. Like... Explore all of it. You know. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like my. I mean, my friends, my our friends joke that my mannerisms are not of. Not of this world. Not of this world. But more or less, not of this country sometimes, too. Yeah. So, for me to maybe go over to Europe and see, maybe I fit more customarily into Europe. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe they really like really, really short girls over there. You never know. (laughs) You never know. Mm. But, I mean... I don't know. And the only reason I've got me thinking about that, honestly, is I just finished Wreath Witherspoon's Whiskey in a Teacup. Yeah. And it just, I don't know what it was. Well, I know what it was. A lot of what she talked about in her books was how I grew up. You're over at your grandparents' house. You're sitting in the back porch. You're, you know, you're drinking tea. You're catching fireflies in a jar. Yeah. You're running around barefoot without a care in the world. You know, but then there's also that flip side to it, to where, you know, my my mama had an outstanding appointment to get her nails done and her hair done. And I would go with her. Yeah. You know, and she would talk to the nail techs and she would talk to the hairstylist and she had all her friends there. And in Wreaths Witherspoon's book, she really states, you know, that was, that's very customary for women of the South, you know, to have, you know, the look all together. My grandmother will still to this day not leave the house without makeup, a nice outfit on, and her hair done. She won't do it. Heck, the girlfriend won't even start her day until she makes her her bed. I mean, mean, there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. There's nothing wrong with that, no. But, like, I had... I have forgotten where my roots lie. Yeah. And not out of anybody's... I'm not putting the finger at anybody for that. It's just something that I have personally forgot. And reading that book brought that back to my attention. Like, at the end of the book, Reese Witherspoon goes, here's a dictionary for you all to know how to do it. And she doesn't say do it. She says do it. Do it. Or isn't like um um I can't even do it because I'm not that southern, but like the the doodids. Oh yeah. <laughs> the doodids, doodons, things like that. Yeah. She says those and then she breaks it down even further. She's like, um if someone comes up to you and goes, Ain't that sweet? That's not sweet. She's like, it can mean three things. Either you're sweet and you're really kind, or you done effed up. <laughs> um she also breaks bless your heart down. 
And oh. she's like, you'll know what it means by the context and the inflation of their voice. Yeah. Um, she's like, a tizzy, she breaks it down like a tizzy, you know, a holler, yonder, um, a ruckus. <laughs> I, I had to learn what a holler was when I worked at 811 when I had to I do mean, Kentucky. And they gave you directions. They'd be like, yeah, it's just up over the holler. And in my head, when I first heard it, I'm like, I don't know what a holler is. And my trainer had to be like, oh, no, it's, it's, like, it's like a hill. It's, mm-hmm. it's yeah. like a, it, you go down, you go from a gully up onto a hill. It's going backwards. Yeah. But, like, she's going through all these words. And she's talking about how, you know, all these traditions and how all this stuff that I remember growing up with. And just me, like, I, and I only, it only took two days to, to listen to it via audiobook. But it made me so gosh darn, like, emotional. Mm-hmm. And, and not in a normal emotional. Like, I don't normally get emotional. I normally don't sound like this either. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I, I've trained to hide it. My roommate, um, me and Jess. We would literally have conversations where me and her were talking back and forth, and David could not follow. Just because of the language you were using? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just how we talked. Yeah. Like, especially if I get mad or upset, it comes out. The country comes out. The country comes out. Mm-hmm. You'll hear it. Um, And she talks about that, too, in her book, Real Fat. Like, a brief chapter. She's like... I've had to change the way I've talked to people. Now, that doesn't mean I still don't talk like that. Yeah. Because I do. Depending on who I'm with, I talk like that. I can hold a conversation with Jess still to this day. Yeah. And talk back and forth with her. But it's just like one of those, like, I don't know what it was. Like, that that book just resonated with me on a level that was Mm -hmm. just like, dear Lord, what am I doing wrong? And I know you were really excited to read that, too, so I'm mm. glad it didn't let you down. No, it didn't. And I would love to hear your thoughts and opinions on it as well, because you came from an, a city aspect. Yeah, I did. Not a country asks, aspect. side. <laughs> <laughs> well, even my husband, he he's from the city. So, like, the way I grew up, that's that's going away it's foreign yeah yeah it's foreign to a lot of people Mm -hmm. so yeah i i miss it i was like she was talking about the art of dinner parties in the south and i'm just sitting there going i miss dinner parties i know exactly what she's talking about i know exactly what she's talking about and i literally was sitting there like the first thing i'm gonna do when i get my house i'm throwing a dinner party all right can i come I promise to be respectful and proper. I'll oh, wear a yeah. hat. You don't wear hats? No, like a big one. And then I'll take it off and I'll put it on your coat rack. Oh, no. She even says, I throw a derby party every year. And hats are mandatory. Well, duh. But, like, no. For a dinner party, you don't wear hats. A dinner party is you just dress nice. Like, you wear okay. a dress or nice slacks. I'll put on a dress for you. Thank you. <laughs> Something she pointed out is, you know, to have different types of people there because you have different types of conversations. This is not like, I'm going to say this and I'm going to be feeling so bad about our group of friends, but I was literally thinking of a list of people who I would invite and half of our friend group would not be invited. Oh no. Why? Because they wouldn't take it seriously? No. Not even that they wouldn't take it seriously. It would be one of those, they'd want to play a game. Or they'd want to do something afterwards mm-hmm. that isn't really part of... The dinner party. The dinner party. It's I not that I don't think Jesse would hack it. I feel like you'd have to invite me and not my husband. And here's the thing. So, a quintessential dinner party is that you have this big meal. And you're meant there to meet people. And, you know, converse. And, and to interact. Yeah. You're not really there to play D&D and and just chill and have pizza or play on the Xbox or the Wii. That's not what that is. It's a way to meet people that you've never met and have conversations. Yeah. Something that I don't... It's not that I don't think a lot of our friend group could do it. I think they could. I just don't think... I don't think they're used to it. I, I don't think, think that they would be used, they've I mean, become yeah. accustomed to yeah. coming over for like St. Patty's Day 
and drinking and playing cards and playing, you know, things on the Xbox. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there's a time and a place for it. That's expected at St. Patty's Day. That's not expected at a fancy dinner party. So, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But that was something, like, I kind of miss. Yeah. I can understand that. I kind of miss that. Well, yay for reminiscing. Yay. Okay. Do you have time to update us on your Hamilton's reading list? Yeah. Do you want me to start or do you sure. have to Sure. You up? probably read more than me. Uh, no, I've actually only read two. What? That's so, one more than me. <laughs> <laughs> so remember, I'm cheating and mm-hmm. I'm using several books for the same uh, yes. yeah, thing. That thing. So I finished Two Can Keep a Secret in one day. So mm-hmm. that finished Take a Break for Me, mm-hmm. Your Obedient Servant, mm-hmm. and Washington on Your Side. Okay. And I am almost done with Murder Trending, mm. which ca- covers my shot. I believe that's it. Okay. So I still have What Did I Miss, mm-hmm. Satisfied, mm-hmm. Uh, Helpless, mm-hmm. and The Skylar Sisters. So I'm going to actually have to ask you to do me a favor real quick. Yeah. Can you go into my purse and grab my phone? Because yes. I didn't. That's the one <laughs> thing. I have. We have our laptops out. We have our wine glasses. Normally, we have our... Nor- she had her phone. Normally, we both have our phones on us. I, this week, decided technology is not what I want right now. <laughs> and, yeah. So, I, I failed on that. that no, small, you're fine. Small endeavor. Well, while you pull it up, I'll tell them how everything was. So, Two Can Keep a Secret was just as good mm-hmm. as One of Us is Lying. Mm-hmm. Um, they're so fantastic. If you haven't done that yet, go pick them up. It's so, so good. Um and like I said, I'm almost done with murder trending. Murder trending is fan flipping tastic. Yeah. It I can't I can't in words I can't put into words how good it is. Like you have to read this book when I'm done. Okay, I'll read the book. It's so so good. <laughs> we'll we'll switch. I'll take on um hashtag murder. Hashtag murder trending. Hashtag murder trending and then you can get the Prince Alistair book. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I got to read that by the end of this month. All right. So I've only technically finished Uno book. Well, I mean, same here. I haven't quite finished And only completed Uno thing. Oh, no. Which one did you um, finish, though? I finished The Burning Maze, which um, qualifies Burn, a book with fire on the cover or the word burn in the title yeah i started the i was anastasia which is going to cover the election of 1800 uh which is had to have a book that was set in the past and i am also working on the world was wide enough a book set in another country which i which is map of fates and technically she um globe hops all the way through the book okay um, also, that one was supposed to cover uh, the 4th through the 10th for the Instagram. Oh, uh, yeah. For Eliza, which was supposed to be characters that you would ship. Yeah. And I just unfortunately dropped the ball this weekend. I was having a really bad weekend. Um, I just, my anxiety was through the roof and i you're just, we're we're allowed yeah. to have bad weekends my anxiety was through the roof and i just i it was taking a while for me to build my ladder to get me out of my house to get yeah. me to do stuff this weekend so yeah i just didn't feel like doing anything um but technically i was going to post a photo of map of fates which with the tagline who would you choose um uh jack stalin or any of the hot rich you know, world-dominating men. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been perfect. <laughs> I mean, that, that's that's like the first um, 20% of the book. Yeah. She goes around to all of the different, like, families yeah. that help run the world, and she meets all of the eligible sons. Ooh. Yeah. Um, most of them end up dead. Oh, sad face. I know. Sorry. She's not getting together with them. No. But it was kind of cool, because then you would sit there and go, hmm, would I marry... The Arab boy, the Chinese man, or the Japanese guy? Why not be or, polygamous and just marry all of them? You can't marry all of them. Or who says? Who or says? Do I try to run off with my bodyguard, which I'm not supposed to be having a fling with? Or do I shack up with the actual 
you know, person that's supposed to be the leader of this whole group, but nobody knows he's the leader except for me and maybe, like, three other people and, like, defy everything. Why not all of them? <laughs> I feel like that's, like, an octagon at that point. no los todos? <laughs> los dos? <laughs> no, it's just, like, one of those, like, you're just sitting there going... I don't even know who I... You know what? No. I know exactly who I would choose. And? I'm going for the Japanese guy. Okay. Is there any any particular reason you just want to live in Japan or... Well, okay. So, no. Like, the when she actually interacts with them, they meet in Venice. And something, I guess, that goes along with their family is that their territory is, is like, chunked out. So, his family owns... The territory of Japan, Singapore, all the islands within Singapore, and go up into the Mediterranean. Half of Chicago and Tampa. <laughs> you know what? Sure, why not? That's where my brain went. That's why I was like, we should just take over Chicago. I'm taking <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> I'm getting into the mindset of this book. No, I'm joking, folks. Um, but no, like, he's really, really sweet. And the way they interact with each other, I could... I could get behind. Like he was, he was a complete gentleman. He wasn't a whack out. Which the two German families, they presented a thirty-year-old as an option to a like seventeen, eighteen-year-old who was already uh... married and had a kid, and his wife was willing to give him up to save their society. Nope. Yeah. No. no. That screams no. I'm selfish. I don't care about society. <laughs> you don't need him. He's gone. No. Um, but he was really, really nice, really, really sweet. He's never been to the U.S. So, like, a lot of their interaction was, you know, you know if you come to Japan, I'm going to take you to get the best, you know, ramen. And I'm going to take you yeah, here. I do like we ramen. We need to go see this and all of this stuff. And they live in Tokyo. That's not a bad deal. No. Okay. And then she was like, and then she was like, well, have you ever had, the, you know, pizza or hot cheese? He's never had a hot dog. So she was like, I'm going to take you and you're going to get the best hot dog ever. And, you know, we're going to have pizza. We're going to go do this. We're going to go do that. And it was, it was really, really sweet with them because it yeah. was like they were trying to find connection. And like a list of things that they've never done. And a list of things that they've never done and would want to do with each other if she were to choose him. And does she? I mean, he gets shot and killed, like, right in front of her, and it was really bad. That's terrible. This book sounds awful. Alexander the Great? Mystery thriller? This was... I mean, okay, I'd probably still read it, but it sounds like it'd break my heart. the same time National Treasures came out, folks. And it's very much National Treasure theme. So it's like one of those mystery you know what's what coming what's coming next who's gonna die next what are they gonna find next it's indiana jones national treasure focused on alexander the great and the the tin hat theory that um his doses um so if you you're gonna have to know some history unfortunately for me to explain this it's fine i'll, I'll try to do it real fast um alexander the great when he died left um all of his wealth and expansive conquerings to 12 individuals his doses yeah and they split up the territory and ruled it amongst themselves as a unit tin hat theory is is that unit still exists today those families still exist and they're the ones secretly running everything anything that's ever happened great wars you name it they've they're had their fingers still... in it yeah you want to know why donald trump became president because, because they they wanted, wanted it, to be it that way. Yeah. Huh. Somehow, some way, they needed that to happen. Sleight of hand. You, you never know. Who knows? Huh. But that's what this book centers around is that this circle of 12 families do exist. And they have their anti-group called the Order that is killing off the first heir or the young men of the family because of a prophecy that states that the one true heir and the girl with purple eyes will unite and basically 
save the world. Hmm. Um, our main character is the girl with the purple eyes, Avery. Why don't they just kill the girl with the purple eyes? They tried. Oh, okay. Certain things step in and stop that from happening. Instead, the rest of the mandate basically states that when these two unite, Alexander's tomb will be revealed. And within Alexander's tomb is his most powerful weapon of all. Okay. We don't know what it is. We just know it's a thing. It's a good series. It sounds very Da Vinci Code-esque. It like, is. I can get into that. It's, it's, it's plotted as you have Da Vinci Code, National Treasures, Indiana Jones, all wrapped into this world crazy theory that actually exists. All right. I can dig it. I can dig that. It's a good, it's, it's a good series. It's just... Last weekend was... I would have gotten more reading done if I had felt better. I understand that. I completely understand that. Yeah. So I still have... How many I have to conquer? Uh, Probably like, what, six, seven more? Uh-huh. I think so. I don't know. You should just cheat like me. Cheat like you? Cheat I can't like find me. one book that'll do it all. Well, I mean, like, I'm... I still have yet to figure out reading some short story, which is supposed to be the... Don't Reynolds worry, I'll pamphlet. send, I'll send like, you I'll f- send you a Germani fanfic. Okay, fine, I'll read that. <laughs> um I still have to read Dramatically Ever After, who's supposed to take on Who Tells Your Story. And then Alexander Hamilton read a book with the name and the title, which is The Last Prince The La- the pe- The Last Life of Prince Alistair. I'm reading that. I don't care. It counts. It yeah, I'm reading it. It has his name in the title. Well no, like if I had to skip any of these books, I'd probably skip um Well the short story for sure. I'd skip the short story for sure. I'll I'll just I'll I'll have to count that as a loss to me. Um I was Anastasia's is interesting. Um it's not what I expected, honestly, from historical fiction. Good or bad. I, I don't know yet. It's it's taking place closer to the time of this lady's death. Okay. And it, it's pulling... It, it's like... Okay, she's in her late 70s, I think, at the beginning of the book. Okay. And then it half... And then it'll do a few chapters with her at that time period. And then it skips back to the fall of the Romanovs. Oh. Yeah. And it like it's like it's weird. It's very jumpy. It's very jumpy and basically it warns you that right off the bat. This is not going to be a story that has a happy ending. This is not going to be a story that's going to make a lot of sense to you because if I had to tell you the truth, your brain couldn't comprehend it. Oh. Like she's straightforward. She's like for me to tell you the truth of what happened to me, and what happened all those years ago, your brain would explode. Because we've been fed all these lies. Yeah. And all these untruths. So, it's it's good, but it's kind of weird at the same time. Yeah. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. And then I'm still nowhere with the Wicked King. You'll get there. I, know. I believe in you. I believe in you so much. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that means something. I'm just struggling. I think that's what that is. You're going to get there. Well, you're going to get back at it, and you're going to read, like, six books this weekend. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to kick it all off and just be like, and I'm done. I don't have to think anymore. Oh, that was hard for me when I had to do the read a book in one day, uh, take a break. Mm-hmm. That was so hard because Which, all I wanted... Was that the... To keep, keep a secret? secret? Yeah. How'd you do it, girl? Uh, Very, very difficult, actually. I took very minimal breaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Jacob came over and he was hanging out with Jesse and Jesse kept wanting me to play games with him. And I was like, I have to finish this today. And he was like, no, you don't. And I was like, you don't understand. I'm doing this. Like, and I explained to him what was going on and he goes, well, why don't you just finish it tomorrow and tell everybody you finished it today? And I was like, no, because I'm going to know. Because I'll know. I'll like, know. I'll have to read another book in a day and I'm this close. I have like 30 pages. Like I'm telling him, I have 30 pages. I have 20 pages. I have 10 pages. Like I kept, <laughs> I kept counting it down for him so that he'd leave me alone. Like every time I finished a certain number of pages, it'd be like, okay, I'm here now. Mm. I'm here now. Uh, David but, doesn't do that. See, Jesse is very very needy that's how i'll put that 
he he craves attention which is fine i love giving him attention i love getting attention from him i love our cuddle times i love Mm. all of that but like girlfriend's gotta have her own space to finish books (laughs) i don't know what it is but i see like you like putting your hand up like in his face, face just... and he's like trying to like struggle like to hug you basically and you're just like no this book this book is more important than you will ever be <laughs> <laughs> uh... all right guys well that's about it for this episode of wine and dine uh i'm megan i'm ashley and we'll see you guys next week thanks The ladies of Wine and Dine would like to thank you for listening to tonight's episode. If you have a wine you would like to suggest, or maybe something you would like the ladies to read, please email us at wineanddinepod at gmail.com. Can you even say it right? Like, do did it? Do did it? Do did it? You did done? I got it. Do done. Do done. Do done. Do done. I feel like we're talking in Japanese. <laughs> <laughs>